This episode of Comics for Fun and Profit is brought to you by Allocation. Comic book allocation. Now, we told you this is a pre-order business, and all you got to do is just pre-order what you think you might want three months before you might want it. So, that guarantees you to get your comic book. Not so fast. We also want to do a little allocation. So although we tell you, you have to pre-order to guarantee your copy, you're also not going to give you your copy anyway. We're going to decide if you are deserving of that copy. You see? Because, uh, I, I don't know, we're Black Mask? <laughs> we're the, insert your publisher name here that likes to create scarcity and pump up the volume on speckability of a comic. We know you bought issue one and two, and we'll give you four and five. <laughs> issue three is going to be a bit of a bear. We're going to allocate the crap out of that one. <laughs> and you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll go to a second printing. But we're going to allocate the second printing, too. So, y yeah. So I would say order 15. We order, order 15 of those, and we might give you one, maybe. <laughs> but don't get, don't get, don't get all excited. It's allocation, beyond our control. Sorry. Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This is episode 832, and these are comics that are coming out June 20th and June 21st. And since it's Drew talking, you know Kyle's not around. And that means I'm joined this time by Eric, our good friend from Cowabunga Comics, RLCS, up north in the great uh, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Hello, Eric. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Kyle had to go back into the witness protection program. Yes, things aren't working out with the mobsters, yeah. man. They're, uh, they're after him. Got to go into hiding again. Uh, we'll provide <laughs> cover for at least one week. Uh, he, he is in nation, the nation's capital. Uh, I saw him he sending pictures of him in uh, at the Washington Monument and the White House and not storming, I don't think, uh, with the kids. So that's good. That's oh, they good. are a small militia. <laughs> There's enough of them, yeah. They <laughs> could do right. some damage. Um, so uh, it's been about a year since you've been on. And what I'd love to do is to hear how the shop's doing, what's going on up at uh, – uh, RLCS Cowabunga Comics. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, you know, I think we finally returned back to, I guess, what I would consider a, a pre-pandemic normal flow, um, steady flow of comics, steady flow of other products, whether it be table gaming, um, figures, any of that kind of stuff. Um, so we're definitely back to normal uh, as far as the product that's rolling in. Uh, and also really happy to say that the overall store itself has never been healthier. Um, our sales are continuing to be strong. Um, we noticed, you know, little dips here and there seasonally, but that's nothing new. Again, that was a pre-pandemic thing where we would always have kind of the mid-January to end of February doldrums. And, and actually, we've really bucked that trend the last couple of years. Those have been relatively stable uh, and strong months for us, which have helped us to get off to good leads based on year-over-year -year sales. So we're doing really well in that regard. Um, the collections have started to pick up again during during the pandemic. 
there weren't as many collections coming in uh, just with the demand of comics. People were finding other avenues, um, ways to sell their books. And, uh, you know, now we're starting to see things pendulum back a little bit where people are either a little overextended, um, either financially or more often than not. It seems to be it's just they have too much stuff and they need to get rid of it. Uh, and without kind of the pandemic uh, money available, they're looking for ways to get rid of it. And people who can spend the most money tend to be either large collectors um, that are doing small local shows or stores. So we started seeing a small uptick in collections coming in, um, which right now we're not at, not at the part of seeing collections come in where we're concerned about it as a health of the industry thing. It just seems to be kind of a little bit of a a right sizing of the market. Um, we continue to do local shows and they're doing very, very well. There was a little bit of initial, I guess, thought or discussion that we were going to be at Heroes Con this year. And in fact, we're in the Heroes Con uh, booklet, but we we are not there. Um, they, being the Heroes Con folks, forgot to send us the email saying that we were going. So six weeks before the show, they said, so we've got you down here. We haven't heard from you. <laughs> we're like, you talk about haven't heard from you. Um, <laughs> come again. <laughs> so, uh, you know, a little bit of miscommunication on, on their end, getting back to us. But, you didn't have to pay for um, the table space, did you? We've had our money down for a table since before the pandemic. Uh, oh. So, yeah, it's it been like, a little bit of a thing. Is it like they um, only have so many, oh, so much space? No. Uh, what it was was we had put our money down, we were going to go the year of the pandemic, but then of course things were canceled and the money that they had uh, fronted out to creators and the venue and other things like that in many cases wasn't able to be recouped. So they were requesting vendors not uh, take their payment back and rather apply it towards the future shows. Um, and they uh, forgot about us for a couple of years. And then this year they forgot simply to let us know that they had a spot for us. So we already have our spot picked out for next year. We <laughs> have everything lined up. So for those that are going to Heroes Con this year and looking forward to seeing us, um, apologies. We're Sorry. not going to be there, <laughs> but you can look forward to us next time. That's so, this weekend, right? It is. Yeah, I think it yeah. started tonight um, or this afternoon was the the first part and then Saturday, tomorrow and Sunday. So, but yeah, other than that, we've been doing a lot of local shows. Um, we'll be doing at least one big show in Chicago here in the fall in August. And uh, yeah, everything for us has been good. We've made some changes on how we're ordering product based on what we're seeing in sales from different publishers, but you know, all in all our, our lines remain healthy and, and kind of our breakdown, our store breakdown as far as what we're selling continues to be, what we want, which is comics first and then everything else after. So um, we're doing very, very good. We also, we continue to expand our back issues. So we added out another, I think it was 12 long boxes about a month ago. Um, so at last rough estimate, we've got somewhere between 50 and 60,000 back issues out, not counting you know, the recent shelf with the new books and, and probably the last year's worth of new books and our wall. So uh, continuing to, to expand that and, yeah, it seems like a very healthy uh, back issue room right there. My goodness. Yeah, we're, we're trying. We're trying to, to maximize our space. And we know that uh, that's really where we can differentiate ourselves from a lot of our local competition because we do have the size. 
Um, and we do have the staff to be able to get out and do that kind of stuff. And, and we are, it's, it's not lost on us that we are blessed in that, um, that ability. So we try and make sure that whatever we're doing with that can be made available as much as possible for customers. So it's, it's not just you, James, can. and it's not just you, James, and Box. You got some extra no, people. No, we've extra we've got uh, two more full timers and another part timer that wow, are helping us. So we're yeah, yeah. It's it's been pretty good. But you see, uh, Box and James are in the shop most of the time. Um, I'm over in the the warehouse working on stuff, and then um, our other full timers are kind of floating in and out behind uh, behind the the scenes, packing stuff up and you know, pricing and getting stuff out. So we're, yeah, we're definitely fully stocked and rocking and rolling. How is the um, exclusive uh, covers? Have you, have you slowed down on those? Yeah, that was one of those areas where we kind of pivoted. Um, just looking at the market, looking where everything is, uh, the exclusives that we like to do are, less of the cheesecake kind of covers and more of either the homage style or character specific. And so with that, um, you know, we, we've been very successful with every one that we've done, but we are also watching market trends and we're watching how uh, exclusives are selling on the secondary market, um, looking at how they're doing at shows and conventions. And uh, we just decided that for our sake, um, we do have two that have not been released yet, two two different books, um, but they are kind of agnostic to when they'll be when they can be released. And there's a reason that they're being withheld, um, but they should be up. At least one of them should be up here in the next few weeks. Uh, but we otherwise we step back and we just kind of said, um, you know, it's not it's not a good investment for our dollars right now, and that money that we were putting towards exclusives uh, during the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic was money that we had free because there weren't as many collections coming in. So we've pivoted that back with more collections becoming available. That money um, now sits at the ready for us to be able to invest in bringing in um, any number of books. I think yesterday, for example, we had a Hulk 18155 come in. So, you know, being able to jump on that stuff right away and, and add those to our collection of books um is to us it's it's equally if not more important than having the exclusives we like to have the variety um but you know we see the back issues is really where the strength is uh in the market so, that, so yeah that, we've slowed down is that on the wall now that 181 is that for sale? Uh, it is not on the wall yet um i think james i haven't seen it in person i wasn't at the store today but I believe that James said the um, the case has a crack on the top, so I think it's going to get sent in to get reholdered. Oh, okay. Well, if you're going to send it in, you might as well press it. Uh, my assumption is that with a five five, any pressing that we would do would probably make it worse oh, because okay. there's probably some okay. some sort of um, cover cover oh, damage gotcha, and if it's gotcha. uh if it's folded and it presents decent it'll it'll pick up a nice big white crease line if it's pressed and make it worse so we, oh, okay. we'll probably just get it reholdered oh okay that's cool uh what other kind of cool stuff have you seen coming in collections anything that uh, jumps out that you, you can think of off the top of your head yeah so i think in the last month we've gotten in a number of collections that have had pretty decent silver and bronze stuff uh, a lot of of mid-grade 
Silver Age DC and a good chunk of Marvel Bronze Age. So those actually just went out uh, Wednesday. We kind of have a, a table towards the front of the store where we feature new back issues that have come in that, you know, if we get uh, we get runs of like Mark Wade's Flash all the time. They're amazing books. Everybody loves them. They sell great, but we don't feature those. We just keep the bin stocked. But for stuff like this, um, we try and shine a little light on it for a little bit. Give it a give it a few weeks in the sun before it goes into the long boxes. So we just put out Justice League or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, All sorts of good stuff. So we put out that I think it was eight long boxes or nine long boxes that went out on Wednesday. Um, So that's exciting. Uh, We kind of curate certain things together, too, and knowing just knowing how our customers buy, um, you know, make it so that there's there's a nice little selection so that it's not all gobbled up in one hour when we put it out. So that went out. Um, I'm trying to think what other notable stuff has come in. Uh, we're just, you know, we're at three to four shows a month. So there's always fresh inventory coming in and going out. And, you know, just when you think you've you've got stuff on the wall that is going to sit there for a little while, it's gone. So how um, far away are the rotation. shows? Milwaukee? Yeah, there's uh, Milwaukee, New Berlin, uh, Appleton this week, Madison, um, West Dallas. So anywhere from 35 minutes to two hours, two and a half hours away. And I would imagine you got this down to a science at this point. Yes, it's a pretty quick load in, load out. Um, each show, we kind of know, like there's, there's one um, at a small bowling alley in West Dallas that we know is kind of what that clientele is and, and it rotates based on the time of the year. So we kind of know to plan ahead, whether, okay, we should take a lot of dollar books. We should take more action figures. We have that one figured out. Um, yeah. So we kind of know based on what show and where it's located, what our, what our best bets to go are. And then we've got a number of things kind of pre-staged and ready. So if we run out of inventory in the store, we can quickly stack the shelves and fill it. Otherwise, we have it prepped and ready to go to a show. Um, actually, last month, we did a giant warehouse kind of liquidation sale where our second building, which is right behind our first one, um, had, I don't even want to <laughs> calculate how many tens of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise were in there, but, you know, cases of McFarland toys and um Anything and everything, you name it. Some of it was damaged stuff that had come in. Some of it was just old stock. Some of it was um, stuff that we had just so much volume of that we we were ready to, to blow some of it out. Um, so we did that a couple so you weeks had a ago. Crazy, crazy, crazy liquidation. That's right. That's awesome. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It was actually Saturday, Sunday. But <laughs> yeah, we we need we didn't hire the the monster truck guy to do the voiceover for us. We probably should have. That's cool. But yeah, so we're always busy. Um, I think we'll have a couple of swap meets this summer where we invite a couple of uh, a couple of guys that set up at local shows that we know to come out and set up in our second building, and we'll pull out you know some of our show stock um, that we have, and get that put out. So yeah, there's there's always something going on. Sounds pretty awesome. It sounds like the type of shop that I wish what didn't wasn't eight to 10 hours away <laughs> yeah yeah it's not just a quick afternoon pop over for you and and we understand that but like i said we're we're grateful and we're blessed that we have the staff that we do to be able to do it if, if we were down to one or two people there's just no way it'd be possible so it it takes you know all six and a half of us to to pull it off that's really really great um how's how's deep discount doing 
It's going all right. Um, that's kind of the exciting part. So actually about six hours ago, I signed off with our developers. Um, we'll be rolling out phase one of our website here in, I, I'm waiting on the final estimate as to when it'll be live because they're taking our staging database and replicating it for production. And that's going to be the, the unknown, but um, should be in the next week or so. And that will focus on to start our new um, our exclusives and our in-stock product. And then over the course of the summer and into the fall, we'll be adding in FOC and, and full pre-order uh, functionality. So going to be pretty exciting to you're kidding to have me. Wait that a minute. out. You're going to have your those 50 to 60,000 comics that you said were out in the bins. You're, you're going to have those on your website? Uh, no, we won't have all of those on the website, but we oh. are going to have tens of thousands of comics out there um, on the website. And it's it's going to be focusing predominantly on the more recent stuff. But okay. as we get everything up and running and get, you know, we have to balance this new inventory stocking with all the regular keep the lights on. Yeah, yeah. But once we get that loaded in, yes, we will start working somewhat backwards and adding things on. Um, as of right now, I'll just, you know, I'll put everybody's mind at ease. Uh, things like Hulk 181s, uh, you know, ASM 300s, those kind of books are probably not going to go on the site for, I would say, years. And the reason for that is our store, first and foremost, is a store. It's yes. it's a brick and mortar. And we have been very intentional from day one about making our store a destination. Right. We're, we're that store that makes you think maybe once a year I should drive eight to ten hours to go spend a day there. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And, and so because of that um, and because, you know, those big books, while they come in frequently, they sell fast. Now, if we were sitting on 100 Hulk 181s, yeah, I'd probably list sure. a couple of them up there. But I don't want people to get too excited thinking, oh, man, they're going to put all the best stuff on there because, you know, we're not – uh, whatnot sellers or not Facebook Live sellers. No, um, these are the you know, customers that th- these these are your bread and butter customers. They get first right. dibs. Makes perfect right. sense. Yeah. So for sure. I appreciate everybody's understanding for that. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's going to be focused more on recent stuff to start, and then areas where we do have bulk, like like I was saying, you know, the the Mark Wade flash runs, things like that, where. We see them frequently. Um, they're great sellers, and they're really a value as far as pricing goes. You know, anywhere from a buck ninety nine to two ninety nine for most of the issues. Um, that's stuff that we can, you know, load on in mass because it's just an entire run. So, so stuff like that will start to appear over time. Um, but yeah, we'll have our exclusives on there. Like I said, including um, at least one of the two things that we've had printed and sitting in boxes for almost a year now. Um, so yeah that sounds exciting um you still have the gaming happening yes in fact this weekend is a big magic pre-release um james just as we were getting started shot me a quick picture of the sales and said that uh this magic pre-release is exploding so fast that um he actually had to he sold through the product for tonight which is the first time in i think the last four or five magic releases that we've had our Friday night product allocation sell through. Um, so yeah. we had to make sure to save stuff off for tomorrow. But I think a lot of that too is um, Kyle's era. Um, and maybe yours. He's a little, I think he might be a little older than you. Kyle might be. Um, but 
that that nostalgia that they got to they got to scratch that itch during the pandemic and get go get their magic cards again uh, that they had when they were kids maybe and now they get to now they're 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 back in it yeah i think that's part of it i think that Um, might be part of it i think the other thing so magic has been very up and down pokemon has been incredibly steady the whole time okay um you know pokemon kids and adults you know the adults that collected pokemon as kids are back in it and heavy uh and the kids that like pokemon are in it magic has been up and down they had a lot of issues with production and getting their product out and then they really overcompensated and it was like every three weeks a new set was coming out and there were i think two or three duds in a row that just were dogs and so this set is um it's a lord of the rings themed set and people are just ravenous for it so i think it kind of was one of those things where we knew one was going to hit it was just a question of when is it going to be this one is it the next one and so you're always playing this goofy game of how do i order this stuff because you have to put in the way that unfortunately magic and pokemon and, and a lot of products work nowadays is everyone gets allocated and the allocation is always a percentage of what you put in and so you have to play this game of like, OK, if an, a normal allocation is you're going to get a quarter of what you order. Right. So <laughs> if I order 24 booster boxes, I'm going to get six. Well, OK, do I think that this set's going to be one that blows up? And if so, then do I put in an order for, you know, 72 and hope that I get 18 or do I what do I do? And, and it's just this never ending thing. So, you know, we we try and take as many hints as we can from what people are saying and, and do our best guess. We got bitten on one kind of not too badly, but this one we guessed and we guessed right. So we have more product than any one of the competing game stores around us has. And, and that has helped too. So if you, if you say, I'm going to, uh, they're going to allocate me 25%. I'm going to, I'm going to take, I want to, I'm going to order a hundred so I can get 25. And they're like, just give them a hundred. <laughs> That's, what that happened? can happen. That, that can, can happen. happen. Oh. And if you pre-ordered it, you're on the hook for it. Oh my goodness, that's a tough. That is a tough rope to walk. Uh, yeah, man. it's like that for Magic, for Pokemon, um, Warhammer, uh, any of the tabletop, like the D and D figurines. Half the time, Hero Clicks. Um, you got to trust your historical knowledge of how much you're getting based on what you order to be able to kind of i mean the way that we do it is we look at the chat boards like we know where people frequent and we kind of get a a little bit of a bearing of the wind and how things are blowing and then if we don't see some of our more reliable customers um, for some of those products before we have to place our pre-order we reach out to them and just kind of say like hey what's your thoughts on this new set what are you looking to get and, you know, if they they say, I'm not really interested, if we get three or four people that say that out of our normal oh, kind of okay. trustworthy group, then that's where we we take notice and pump the brakes. Um, and if but like the other way, if they say, like, if you can get me three boxes, I'll take three boxes. I was like, OK, well, if he normally gets one and he wants three, I guess we better go big on it. Um, the one that's an automatic every time is Pokemon. We just say like, you know, what's the maximum we can try and pre-order? And they say like some stupid number, like 360. We say fine, 360, and we end up getting like 12. <laughs> Although the last one we got 72 boxes of, which was awesome because we sold out in three days. And that was 
the most we've ever gotten in one allocation shipment and yeah it, it was that was great that's pretty cool uh still doing any vinyl video games that quarter sort of like auxiliary stuff still doing some yeah of that? yeah absolutely so the vinyl um just kind of comes in waves you know if we go out and we find it we bring it in if it comes in and it's good we, it goes out um video games about two and a half months ago got a huge collection of rare japanese import um sega cd games and genesis games um we got a number of systems that have been put out number of i think three or four genesis uh, a couple of supers a couple of 64s there was a neo geo that went out um yeah it's the the video game stuff has been strong for us yeah that's pretty awesome uh listeners does this not sound like a great shop it is a great shop so um <laughs> check go go to cowabungacomics.com you can learn all about it uh it's at 650 east wisconsin avenue in Oconomowoc, wisconsin um you can go any day but monday because you know they're not robots they do need a day off so mondays are closed but um ch- you check it out check it out for yourself um it, it's a great shop. I've been just to the old store. I never, I've never been up to the new store, so I have to make a pilgrimage. I do. Yeah, I have to, I yeah. Have to make you and Kyle might have to do it. Yeah, well, well I'll leave Kyle. I don't really want to bring Kyle with me. Kind of. That's true. He could be a security risk. <laughs> we don't, we don't really want to talk about Kyle right now. We don't right, know what right. the future holds for Kyle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to be rough, but that's okay. Time for a break from our show to pay the bills. Check out beacons.ai slash comics fun profit for all the c4 fap links you could ever need all in one place you can provide feedback listen support share enjoy these we have our patreon there you can buy us a beer or a coffee you can check out our instagrams our twitters our facebooks check out our youtube page you can email us you can listen to our podcasts on Patreon, if you're a subscriber, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on Podbean. We have Google Podcasts on there. We have an Amazon wish list. You want to buy Kyle and I something? Fine. You can do that here. We appreciate it. We have Kyle's RPG podcast listed on there, so you can check out his Dork Day Afternoon offerings. We have Cowabunga links, so you can check out the Cowabunga Deep Discount FOC and Pre-Order list. Get on that. That's RLCS, so you can check that out as well. And we want to just give you opportunities to say hi, to check out what we're doing, support us if you would like, or just listen. Check out beacons.ai slash comics fun profit for all the c4 fap links you could ever need thanks back to the show i got a few questions that came in um thought we could answer those uh yeah, let's do it first one is i saw larry, larry hama is coming back for issue 301 of gi joe a real american hero um wh- why do you have to sing that when you say it i don't know um what series? <laughs> what series would you like to see get to 300 issues? Hmm. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Um, I would think I, I'm, I'm gonna say Ice Cream Man. I, 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 it's been chugging along. I think it's in the 30s now, and consistently is a really good read. And I thought he'd be out of ideas by now. And so, if since he's not, I just want to, yeah, keep going. Give me 300. Uh, ice cream man. I think that would be neat. 
Boy, that is a that's a heck of a good question because I don't you know series don't go that long anymore. Oh no, no. Um. Well, so if I if I could kind of turn back time a little bit and I'll save you from singing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would. I absolutely loved the Dan Slott, Michael and Laura Allred Silver Surfer run. Oh yes, yes. And. I think if I could, um, I would go back and I would want that to go to 300. I, yeah. I, I just absolutely loved so much about it. Um, and I love a lot of other Silver Surfer work as well. But there's just something about that series. It was a little different from a lot of Surfer, but still kind of kept true to, to his character. And it added some new new flavors. And then just the artwork is is gorgeous. Oh, man. Yeah. I, yeah. That opens up a whole new camp. If we can go back in time and resurrect <laughs> stuff, you know, heck yeah, there, there's, there'd be some fun things there. I thought for sure you were going to say Walking Dead. Yeah, you know, um, I don't need another 120 issues, I don't think. <laughs> I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I mean, I, I loved it. I loved it forever. So, and it's always going to have a great spot in my in my heart but yeah he was repeating himself at some point you know <laughs> he was out of ideas he was done the pocketbook's been feeling better since that ended <laughs> yeah that's true that's true too um but yeah hats off to larry hama though um yes uh i think he did did he do all 300 issues of that is that possible i mean i think he did most there may have been a fill-in here or there yeah um yeah, and, and I thought 300 was going to be it, and um, now here he's going to get it. He's going to get 301, so that's that's fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, thank you, Robert Kirkman. Yeah. Oh, is that? Oh, is it going to be on Skybound? Yeah, it's that and um, and Transformers, and that was the whole big Void Rivals um, excitement this past week was realizing oh. that that was the relaunch. So, yep. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Um, Ms. Marvel's death seemed to come out of nowhere. How long do you think she'll stay dead? Oh, Kyle and I touched on that a little bit last week. Um, we were—I was thinking it was going to be a long, as long as Wolverine, probably a year. What do you think? Uh, it's hard. Um, you know, if Jim Shooter's in charge, dead is dead. But if Jim <laughs> Shooter's not in charge. That's uh, true. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. And do we consider dead as in, you know, she's dead and not appearing or she's dead, but she still manages to be on six covers this this month? Um, well, yeah, yeah. She's 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 not she's dead, but not forgotten for sure. Yeah, right. Um, and and what like in general, what do you think of of character deaths um, as a as of I guess as put your reader hat on and put your retailer hat on? Sure. Um, so from the reader perspective, I I kind of like the Jim Shooter mentality. You know, dead is yeah. dead. Let there be real consequences. However, there are a couple of caveats. Um, Batman and the Lazarus Pits. I think that one is well-founded. Now, if everybody found a Lazarus Pit, I would get a little bit pissed. Yeah. Um, so there are some instances where it's been, I think, written into the canon in a, in a very strong way and therefore i can accept it but um i do like the idea of true consequences i am okay in certain instances if a character dies and a new person takes up that mantle um you know that that is okay in some instances so in that case dead's not dead it's just kind of dead uh from a retailer perspective 
you know, I hate to say it, but I've gotten to the point as a retailer where if the storyline, if the, um, you know, the headlines, the covers, whatever, if they're going to sell the books, then do mm-hmm. what you want to do with your characters. Yeah. Um, I think what happened to Marvel maybe five, six years ago, where they started swapping out every character where Falcon became Cap and um, you know, Jane Austen became Thor, Riri became Iron Man. You know, you started seeing all of that happen. And and while I think each one of those on their own merits could have could have stood up, I think it was just too much at one time uh, in disparate ways. So I think that that's a danger if you're going to start killing off characters, just not doing it in mass unless it's uh, like a crisis type event where that's the whole story in one story. Um so, yeah, I guess from the retailer perspective, whatever's going to sell the books, as long as readers are interested, um, if they're if they're ambivalent to it or, you know, frustrated or angry about it. Yeah, that's that's not really going to help anything. Um, so, yeah, I think those are that's the way I kind of look at it. Just the reader purist in me is like, well, let's have some real lasting consequences and. And the retailer says, as long as it's done well and it sells books, I'm okay with what you got to do. It does feel a little like they're setting up something in the Zdarsky Batman with this failsafe uh, character and mm-hmm. bringing all the all the supporting cast together. Yep. Um, it feels like they're they're setting the table. They might they might kill somebody off, but I don't know. I don't know if they do that or not. Batman's uh, going to retire for the 14th time. Yeah, that's he needs to. He probably needs to. Um, <laughs> needs to hit that Lazarus pit, get re- rejuvenated a little bit. Yeah, change it up or something, man. But I mean, I, I, I'm still reading it. Who am I kidding? Um, another question. You mentioned Dark Horse was the latest publisher going exclusive to Penguin Random House, and now we hear Image is leaving for Lunar. With all this movement, are we headed for another distributor war? Oof. Uh, I am not qualified to answer that. Uh, Eric, you probably know whether this means something or not. Does this mean anything? Is this a big deal? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Um, This. All right, friends, grab your grab your drink. Get a seat. This could be a long one Um, because these are these are exclusive. These are not just like. Oh, you Lunar can sell us, and Penguin can sell us, and Diamond can sell us. You all can sell us. It's this is like Image is now at Lunar exclusively, and if Diamond wants to distribute Image, they got to buy him from Lunar, right? Right, right. Like they do um, with Marvel. So yeah, boy, this is another one of those things. Like James and I have these great little discussions and debates, and um. Is this kind of starting off distributor wars? And I would say, I think that when DC left Diamond, that started distributor wars. And and yeah. it, instead of being, you know, these knockdown, drag out, big, you know, huge things, it's been a whole bunch of little skirmishes. Like, Death by more a like, thousand cuts. Exactly. Like little capture the flag games going on kind of thing. Um, all of us who saw Jeff Stang get hired by Lunar over was a year and a half or so ago, uh, and he was in charge of of publishing or something at at Image. We all kind of knew what that meant. There was oh. not. It, it was it was a very obvious. What's his play name? To get them, uh, Jeff Stang. Jeff Stang. Okay. Um, what is interesting though is when Marvel left after DC, 
Uh, I believe that was when the timeline is. My head's a little fuzzy on some of these things, but yes. uh, I believe at that time, Todd McFarlane, um, who's in charge of Image, came out and said that, you know, Diamond is is where we're at. We're with Diamond, you know, and Todd is a very, very smart businessman. And things changed. And so it, the question is, what changed and why? You know, it can't just be Lunar gave us a sweetheart deal versus Diamond because they've been with Diamond since since the get-go and just trying to figure out what happened behind closed doors is a question that we all have. Now, what does this mean for the industry? Well, it definitely presents challenges. So during the run-up to COVID and through COVID, there was a new product that was coming out geared at retailers called Comics Hub. Um, in, inside the retailer industry, it was somehow nicknamed Chubb. But anyways, so... <laughs> As that started to gain a little bit of notoriety, their their goal was to take away market share from Diamond's Comic Suite application, which is their um, inventory ordering and point of sale solution. Right. So, okay, fast forward. Now you have it, Chubb. right? We use it. Yep. So yep. Chubb's out there, and COVID hits, and DC leaves Diamond and goes to Lunar. Retailers say, well. What the heck, man? Like, how am I supposed to sell? I don't want to have to sit here and manually enter all my DC data. Uh, And Diamond says, well, okay, you know, for your three or four hundred dollar a year um, software subscription that includes upgrades and maintenance and all that, we will, uh, you know, build a mechanism to to add the DC comics. And even though we can't sell it. All right. That's cool. So we, we rock and roll through that a little bit shaky at first, but it's now we're in a good spot. Then Marvel leaves. And everybody's like, well, what the heck? And then it was quickly announced after that Diamond would be a wholesaler. So, okay, all that stuff's still in there. It's all good. Well, now, in between that point and today, there's another piece of software that's been kind of built and, and come into things. And it's um, it's called Managed Comics. And it's a sits on the Shopify platform. And there's some retailers that are going to that. The problem with managed comics and to an extent Chubb is that they don't handle subscriptions very well. And that's something that was natively built into Comic Suite. So there's a lot of stores, right, for Polis. There's a lot of stores that have everything built into that and use it as a point of sale. And if we continue to see this death by a thousand cuts, we already know that Boom is co-distributed. So their comics are exclusive to Diamond, but all of their trades and hardcovers are sold through Simon & Schuster. So we know that there's already, you know, one foot out the door there and has been from the get go. Obviously, it's smart for them to get their um, collected works to a real book publisher and and book distributor. So they've got that already going there. Um, There's a growing list of smaller back half publishers that are starting to dissolve um, or be joined together. Then there's another growing list that are starting to be distributed by Lunar and Diamond. And so as we're looking at this, we're just kind of, I don't know as if it's so much, like I said, the the distributor war as it is to one new and one expanded distributor, the new one being Lunar, the expanded being Penguin Random House, who are taking away market share from Diamond to a point where you really have to ask the question, is there um does diamond want to be a comics distributor you know if more and more publishers are leaving now they did come out and say they make more money selling marvel as a wholesaler than they did as 
a distributor. What? Which uh, on the surface sounds absolutely ridiculous, but if you stop and think about it, when they handle Marvel product as a distributor, they don't own the product. Marvel does. And Diamond owns the warehouse, they own the staff, and they own all of the work that it takes to move that product out. They don't have a lot of ability to flex and do things with product that they don't own. So they're working around it, they're storing it, they're keeping it warm, they're keeping it cool, they're keeping it dry, they're doing all of those things. And every touch is an added dollar. Well, now with the agreement that they have with Penguin Random House, they collect orders from the stores that still order Marvel through them. They add their percentage overage to count for damages and shortages. And then two weeks after the books are out, they can start liquidating whatever they have left if they want. It's their product. They can do what they want. They can choose to get rid of it. And then they don't have to worry about storing it. They don't have to worry about maintaining it. They don't have to worry about reboxing it, move it to this side. Now move it over here. So if you think about it, it does actually make sense that they could eke out more profit by not having to just hold and operate around it. The question is, if you do that with every single publisher, is that actually a a long-term sustainable way? Maybe for the largest publisher, it's sustainable, but for all the little guys, is it going to become sustainable to have the amount of manpower you need, the amount of storage and facilities you have? So that remains to be seen. And if they start to to continue to have this death by a thousand cuts, Diamond may just say, you know what? Jeppy Enterprises is fine with Alliance and their Marvel Select figures and all of the other things that they do. They can choose to to close Diamond Comics if they want. And then what does that do for the point of sale system? It means we have to figure something else out on our own, whether we go to Chubb, whether we go to um, manage comics, or if we go the old-fashioned route and get that spiral-bound notebook and a number two pencil. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, don't do that. Don't do I, that. I don't want to. There's not enough lead in our pencils. <laughs> yeah, I, it it is. I mean, booms. They're only remaining mid-tier, I believe, exclusive. And I, I didn't even know that. Are they co? Did you say that they were? Not exclusive. It's, it's like Diamond, uh, or it's like DC. DC has long had um, trades and art covers through Penguin. They have Penguin distribution for those as well. So it's no different for Boom. Their comics are exclusive to Diamond, but their yeah. trades and hard covers go through Simon and Schuster. And there's a couple other publishers that have other agreements like that as well. Um, I think that Dynamite is another one of their premier publishers. Um. Who else is left? There's there's a couple of them that they've elevated recently, but I quite honestly, most of our focus has been trying to chase down yeah, how Dark Horse is pivoting over um, because we're at that cutover now where it's comics diamond. are being ordered and now trades and hardcovers being ordered through through PRH. So it's dynamite and it's boom. That's all that's left. That's all that's left. Okay. That's all that's left. I could have um, swore they elevated another one at some point. Uh, they haven't yet. They might uh, okay. when they have when they have to de-escalate image when image has to be dropped off then then something probably has to happen um it's it's crazy i thought image was dynamite or diamond for life i really did yeah that's what it seemed like and we even talked at one point i think about 
Image could own the Diamond Comics part of it because they just absorb it, right? And that could be yeah. there. But and then for them to leave and not just leave, but go exclusive lunar and then it, it just I, I was very very surprised um and i never i never thought about like i would say what 90 percent of comic shops probably use the diamond pos i would say 80 probably 70 percent of stores that use a point of sale and um pull list system use comic suite and i think that there's probably that number is probably shifting month to month as you know more people are are looking at this point a lot of people when dc left for lunar there was your hands were tied right you had no choice if you wanted to carry all publishers you had to have a lunar account and a diamond account when marvel split to penguin random house you still had an option Right. You could say, all right, well, I can still get my Marvel through uh, through Diamond. No problem. Yeah. Right. And then when IDW followed suit, it was still the same thing. And P, uh, uh, Dark Horse, same thing. Right. All of them can be sub distributed to Diamond as a wholesaler. So people could still maintain their their Diamond account. However, again, death by a thousand cuts. OK, so now image is going to be at Lunar and I can get idw i can get dark horse i can get marvel i can get archie all from penguin random house and then if we look at lunar and say okay we've got uh, dc and image and actually let me just pull it up really quick um i'll log into my lunar account and i can tell you every single publisher that's now at lunar and these are where you're getting um the deep discounts yep so here's here's what's at uh lunar dc image ahoy artist elite asylum awa black mask uh cartoon books cathead comics clover press comics experience distillery floating world headless shakespeare press kong comics legends loma vista madcape merc um off register press oni press paper cuts scout silver sprocket source point stone church stranger sumerian tripwire uncivilized vault and z2 so if i can get the bulk of yeah Back half publishers at Lunar, plus Image, plus DC, and then the rest of the big publishers and Archie over at, um, you know, over at uh, Penguin Random House. There may be people that say, well, it's a little bit of a hit, but I guess I'll I'll give up on on Titan, um, Aftershock, and, and yeah, Boom, and then um, Valiant, Dynamite, yeah, and just say okay. Um, so really, it's going to come down to I think Boom, and whatever happens with Boom will either to me kind of be the nail in the coffin or if they're gonna you know just dig in and be entrenched then well and then like you can if i guess if you're an lcs stick with diamond and and take the wholesale price and you know lose profit margin but but why would you do that when you yeah, can, right. when you can get the retailer discount over at uh, Ping Random House and Lunar, I mean, why would you bother to order any of the things that you can get directly from the exclusive distributor uh, through Diamond? You you wouldn't, unless it was like making a difference on your tier discount or something, I guess. And I can't even imagine the equations that you'd have to do to figure all that out. 
Yeah, so with Diamond, it is goofy socks all over the place. Um, at Lunar, it is two, well, basically you have one DC, calculated DC discount, and then everything else to just have a, a flat percentage. So no matter what, this is the percent you're getting off on it, whether you buy 10,000 units or one unit. So I like that. We don't have to do calculations. I can just look at it and I know what it is. Oh, that's that's good, I guess. And the Penguin Random House for Marvel, Dark Horse, IDW, and Archie, It's and all of the rest of their catalog that we can order from, it's one percentage off for everything. It's the same. So it doesn't really reward the big boys. Correct. Well, you, you are a big boy, so I you, should say you, this. You, there's there's two classes: big boys and everybody else. And it's not a significant difference. It's a little bit of a difference, but we don't play this game where Marvel is this percent, Dark Horse is this percent, Image or uh, IDW is this percent. It's yeah. this is your discount tier for every publisher we have. Whereas right now with Diamond, there's a D discount, which is calculated differently based on what the product publisher is. So Image, Dark Horse, um, now Dark Horse is leaving. And so is Image, um, Marvel, DC, they were all part of this D level. And then you have the E level, which is 5% different from that. Then there's the F, which is another 5%. Then there's H. Then there's J, there's K, there's L, there's Z, there's A. So there's all those different discount codes that you have to figure out through Diamond. And that's why people wow. who look at our order form see like this is, you know, 25% off. This one's 35% off. These are 40% off. That's why we're basing it off of all these different numbers. And the new pub, the new distributors, it's a lot more cut and dry. Yeah. It it. it well, yeah, I guess that's good. And then with the Lunar isn't free shipping, but Penguin is. Correct. And Correct. Is, is there but any... Lunar shipping is significantly cheaper than Diamonds. Oh, okay. And they've it's worked not out hard all the... to have cheaper shipping than Diamond. And they've all worked out the kinks then, and your stuff is getting there when it needs to be, and it's not getting crushed for the Lunar most part. Lunar comes a week early, and PRH comes... Usually four days early. Diamond comes generally just in the nick of time. <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday at noon. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, or Wednesday at noon. <laughs> yeah. So, and I will say, I know way back when things started with PRH, and I think a year ago, we had discussions about um, Lunar and Penguins uh, shipping, and we'd said, you know, like you had me. I think you had me like rate the distributors. Yep. 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 Yeah, well, I can. Them, yeah comfortably and confidently say that penguin has significantly jumped up in the last two months um their shipping they have brand new boxes they are thick boxes i actually like the way they're shipping over what lunar's doing lunar still has great uh damage rates but they use these big huge boxes that are like 40 to 50 pounds and PRH has slightly smaller boxes. They're a lot more manageable. I can actually use them to repackage and ship a lot of stuff. Double thick card um, cardboard, so they're rigid. Just absolutely great stuff. So they they they've really Figured gone through some iterations with boxes, and I am very 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 excited about it. 
and that all matters because that's that's headaches for you because most most collectors they care about they they care about condition and you've got to deal with it on the retail side and you've got to eat it and and listen to them complain just remember diamond doesn't sell collectibles right but I think they, PRH, they sell periodicals. <laughs> yeah, PRH thinks they do now, maybe. I, I think PRH has realized that, well, I should say this, both Lunar and PRH, um, oh, how do I want to say it? Lunar comes from DCBS, so they're predisposed to knowing that people are going to just not yeah. stop complaining, right? And yeah. so they they really led with a good foot and got their shipping stuff figured out pretty quick. For Penguin, um, there's a number of times where we get like paperbacks. So we've brought in since Penguin became an option for us, we've brought in hundreds of new things that we wouldn't have otherwise had. Um, and some of them include like sci-fi paperbacks uh, and the like. And what um, what we're finding is that the warehouses that ship those books, they just kind of throw it all in a box and send it. There's no packing <laughs> material. It's like you use things around you to. to cushion the fall and so you know sometimes we get stuff that's damaged and i think that the way that prh initially spun up their comic distribution was kind of like that they yeah. knew that comics would shift around so there was a few things put in place but they were thinking more about inside the four walls of the box and not necessarily those four outer walls and what they need to do and over the last you know couple years they've really started to understand like hey boy, retailers call and they have a lot of damages and it's all on these corners. How come there have to be four corners on every book? Can't we just have round books? No? Well, shit, I guess we got to figure out something with their boxes. And and they've done it. They've I think they've really stepped up their game, so I'm very, very excited about that. That is, um, that is cool. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to be doom and gloom, and I don't think... I think Lunar Lunar has DC, um, PRH has Marvel, so they're probably both pretty secure that they're, they're going to be selling comics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Diamond, I I mean ha, has the history, and they won the last distributor war, so I don't know. Can it? Can we just keep going for with three distributors? forever infinity even yeah i though, mean we can't no diamonds get, makes less and less they they don't they have less and less market share until they are i don't know i don't know what they're I, I don't know what i don't know what their end game is they just make enough on everything else that they can still do this or yeah i think you know for me as i look at it so my my other life outside the comic store is you know, 40 plus hours a week working for a fintech company. And about 10, 15 years ago, there was a huge wave of revolution that came through technology and it was really focused. And we can thank Steve Jobs for a lot of it. Um, Kind of that mindset of I'm going to, I'm going to do what the customer wants, not what I want the customer to want. And what we're seeing is Lunar having been, you know, DCBS on the customer side, they knew what they want out of a distributor. And UCS mm-hmm. with Midtown knew the same thing. Oh, yeah. I forgot about so that. So they, they were able to walk into this and say, 
well, I know as a store, this is how I want to receive my product. This is how I want to be able to order my product. This is how I need this ecosystem to, to maximize my ability. PRH kind of had a good foothold in that. They brought in a bunch of industry people. I think that they just, it was a staffing thing and getting things put in place and a little bit more of a cur- a little bit more of a tail for them. But what Diamond has been historically terrible at is listening to the customer and reacting to it. I don't know how many times people could go on Bleeding Cool and other websites whenever there were Diamond get-togethers and see folks like Brian Hibbs, Dennis Barger, just railing on Diamond nonstop about how they handle this, how they handle that. And it's the same things year after year after year after year, and there was no change. Yet Diamond would roll out, oh, we've updated Comic Suite for this new thing. We didn't ask for that. We didn't want it. It's not like we're just curmudgeons that say, don't, you know, get off my lawn. (laughs) That was a completely misplaced effort. Dollars wasted. We didn't need that. Meanwhile, all these things we've talked about, we need. Very simple thing. Like I said, we get Lunar usually six to seven days ahead. That I cannot put a price on. It is worth paying shipping to have that lead time. PRH, it comes three to four days ahead. Again, I cannot put a price on that. Tell me your, how your in box. the hell yeah. Diamond can get product out to us a week to a week and a half early between Thanksgiving and New Year's, but the rest of the year they can barely manage to get it on time to us. How is it that during the time where you have the most holidays, vacations, time off, that you can get stuff to us early, but you can't do it the rest of the year. It just makes no sense. And for years, people have said, I'm paying you $4 to get my stuff early. And early is less than 24 hours before I have to put it on sale. (laughs) Why can't I get it on Monday at least? Or better yet, why can't I get it on Friday? Well, we don't want people to break street date. You know what? You know what? It ain't a big deal, right? right? Because if people are doing that, what happens with Marvel? If someone's selling Marvel early, you go, you take a picture, you send it to Penguin Random House, and they kill their account. We don't need to pay secret shoppers to go out and do this. People complain enough, especially with the Internet. Everyone's looking for a reason to complain. Hell, mm-hmm. that's what Twitter's all for. Yeah. So, like, we can police ourselves. Just get us the product. But that's what I think. You know, I, I look at Diamond and I think, oh, Polaroid, Blockbuster. Oh. Yeah. You know, all these companies that thought they knew what they were doing. This is what you want. This is what you want. Well, actually, the whole industry shifted out from underneath you while you were too busy trying to tell us what we wanted. You didn't listen. You didn't pivot. Mm-hmm. And and now it's too late. It's exactly it's too late. Yeah, there's a lot to that. I, I just do. I do hate the fact that they have the preeminent um, database, though. And it sounded like it was kind of a loss leader for them because they were putting it in your hands so that you'd order product more seamlessly and what what's to stop them from you know getting recouping some money there yeah i mean they they when they came out with comic suite the point of sale and and all of that in one with the polis that was desperately needed and it's still desperately needed but it's all of the ancillary stuff that they've done along the yeah. way that, yeah. again, none of us asked for. Like, there are things in Comic Suite that a lot of us have been asking for. Simple simple enhancements that would make life easier. 
No. No. Or how about maybe we upgrade our interface from, you know, 1997 <laughs> to something that actually looks more usable. Yeah. Um so there's there's just a lot of things where they they just they didn't change with the times. They didn't listen to what people said and truly took take it to heart. Um and and I don't want this to come off as a negative to any sort of era of individuals, but I think a lot of, of Jeppy, a lot of the way that he operates is, well, this is how I built my company and I'm quite successful at it. So do I really need you all to tell me what to do? Well, okay, fair point. You built a successful company, but do you want to last? <laughs> yeah. You don't, I mean, doesn't, it doesn't mean you get a, a blank check forever. Right. Right. You know, so that's, that's the, that's the struggle. Um, I think for, for diamond is they pivoted wrong or they chose not to pivot. You've got these other people that have come in and said, Hey, we've got new ways of doing this. We've got, you know, in the case of penguin random house, probably 50 times the warehouse space staff, uh, and proficiencies than what diamond has. Right. So it's like, you don't have an advantage on any sort of physical space or, or any sort of processing leads. Um, Lunar, you could say, is you know the one that is probably the deepest down because they've had to find space and they've had to consolidate operations, and they, by all accounts, seem to have done a good job of that. But yeah. Diamond is no longer the big fish; they're they're actually a smaller fish now. I mean, are, are they? I mean, I'm assuming they're in third place. I especially with Image. Once the Image shift happens and Dark Horse is fully over at Penguin. You've got to assume that they're in, in third place, um, especially if you consider straight distribution and not wholesaling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd be curious if there how many shops are still doing diamond for the non. I, it'd probably be more buying clubs than anything else. They're not real. They're not real brick and mortar stores at that point. Probably. They just want to get their books. There's still a good number of stores that have diamond accounts that order their Marvel through diamond. But a lot of those are your small shops that are maybe getting, I don't know, 150 to 200 total copies of Marvel books over the course of a week. You know, we bring in anywhere from 800 to 2000 a week. It's still worth it for them though. I would think to set up the account. Um, you know, for some, some ways, no, because it's a whole nother system you have to add in. And, you know, the FOC system that Diamond has does work. All of the pull list stuff still works through the, you know, through Marvel and, and uh, mm-hmm. IDW yeah. and everything. So, you know, if you're one guy and you've got your small shop that's, you know, it's doing fine, reducing paperwork, reducing places you have to chase down, reducing checks you have to write. You know, there is a cost to that. And so for some people, it's just easier to take one one more piece of the puzzle away. And especially if you're a smaller shop that, you know, you like to do back issues, but you got to have the new stuff. Yeah, I, I could see just sticking with Diamond because if you have one person and you got to split your effort between back issues and new books, you want that to be as 80% to the back issues, 20% to the new books as possible and adding another distributor and adding a whole nother billing cycle because the way that penguin bills is different than lunar, which is different than diamond. So you're just, you're adding more pieces into it. Oh yeah. I never thought about like net thirties and sixties and all that stuff. Oh my gosh. And then like, yeah, it's, it's so lunar 
we've always been a store that likes to pay for our product the minute it comes in because we have full control over it and and it's ours like we know everything in our store is ours well penguin doesn't do that <laughs> so we, we we end up getting bills from them but it is like because of the volume we order every single order comes in its own convoluted way like the paperwork we get at the end of the month is it feels like a ream of paper worth of invoicing stuff to just get to one dollar amount so that's complicated lunar um we have it set up where literally as soon as the the SKU is scanned on the ups drop off they take the money from our account it's just like instant and then diamond we still write the check to hand to our ups driver but you <laughs> wow. know the more of that you have to build in that just takes away your time from doing other stuff. So if you're one person or if you're a real small store with a small staff and there's a higher margin on back issues, there just is. That's where you're going to make your money. That's where you want to put your efforts. So you're not going to have two, three, four accounts with different distributors. You're going to keep it as tight as possible, order what you need to you know, keep your discounts um, and keep your footprint minimal. But, you know, you got your, you know, the lifeblood of most shops. I mean, should be also your pull list customers, right? So if you've got a hundred pull list customers, you're a viable shop. You you can be a profitable shop. You got a hundred pull list customers. But if you're if you're doing all your business through Diamond, you're not able to give those pull list customers. You're probably not even able to be able to give them much more than a bag with their comic. <laughs> you're not going to be able to give them a discount of any kind because you're you're not you're not getting a discount. And, you know, you're probably just going to be able to give them their guarantee that their book is going to be there. And is that enough? Uh, Probably for some small areas, but not with there's competition. I think if you've got 100 pull list customers, you're probably on the bigger side of the small fish pond, bordering on being on the small side of the big fish pond, because... um, Pull list customers are harder and harder to get nowadays. Uh, the average age of a pull list person continues to go up. With older. Because with the way that comic series end so abruptly now, people don't get into a rhythm of buying a title. And so they don't see the point of starting a pull list for something if they don't have a rhythm of it. Mm. And on top of that, uh, there's a lot of people with the amount of covers that come out nowadays that are prone to whimsy as to what they're going to order. So when you set up a pull list in really any system, the default is A covers. You can check a box that says pull all variants, or you can check a box that says pull B covers. There isn't a checkbox where you can say, well, if it's a Jenny Frizen cover, we're going to pull that. And if it's not that, then it's going to be an A cover. Unless there's an Adam Hughes cover, then pull that. Unless that's a ratio, then we're going to default. Like there's that that Mm -hmm. whole system doesn't exist. And so a lot of times those kind of pull list customers will get a little peeved when you hand them a whole bunch of A covers. And they're like, well, actually, I don't want these covers. And so they go back up to the shelf and they swap it. And they just say, you know what? Just kill my pull list on it. I'll get what I want off the shelf. So, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting because back in the day, you didn't have those options, so you didn't have to worry about it. Right. You just got the book or, you know, you had the A and the B. And usually for a while there, the B covers were all one artist and the A covers were another artist. Um, Or there was that A, always the A cover was the same artist and then it was a potpourri on the B. 
Yeah. But that now it's just a potpourri on everything. And there's just a lot of customers that they they struggle with that. So we know we we can look at our historical sales. We know what our customers want. But again, we've got six and a half people. So it's easy to divvy out stuff and say, okay, do you remember what, you know, this guy or this girl ordered on there? Oh, yeah, there's a Jenny cover. She's going to want that. Uh, no, he doesn't want the that cover. He wants the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, the, that whole cover. So, like, we can keep track of that, but smaller operations, you're not going to keep track of that. So it's it's just orders of scale, right? And the different things that you have to do, the staff you have, and you have to optimize your time. Yeah, man. I mean, cheapers. I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine the the what it takes to place an order for you guys with juggling three distributors now and all the variables. It it's got to be it's not a couple of hours, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, it's it's probably between James and I. So he we he he has a diamond account and I have a diamond account and they they parent they are children of the same parent account so our discount gets calculated and shared across it. We have one lunar account, one penguin account, and we won't even talk about all our other distributor accounts for right. you know other products. So what ends Ally, up happening was that the is, West Allies of the Coast or whatever it's called and all those oh Wizards of the Coast Wizards um, of the that, Coast yeah. that for us comes through Alliance. Our Pokemon comes through ACD. Our Warhammer comes through Games Workshop. We have uh, another toy distributor. We have a supply distributor, two supply distributors, one for comics, one for cards. We have a supply distributor for video games. We have a board game distributor. And we have two other um, book publishing distributors. So we won't factor all that in. We'll just take the three comics distributors. (laughs) So on Sunday night... James puts his order together for his subscribers in the store. And I, every week I create a joint spreadsheet for us. So he does that from his home factor in probably an hour to two hours on that. I do mine for all the mail order stuff and any online stuff that we need to satisfy prep ahead. Um, So that's probably figure two hours for me. So we'll be generous and say three hours on Sunday night between the two of us. Then he places a diamond order. I place a diamond order figure about an hour for each of those and then we do the same thing for penguin random house that we do for lunar joint spreadsheet he puts in his i put in mine i condense it i place that order so it's it's like 10 hours a week for foc orders for just our comic distributors lord just to put it on the shelf and that's off the off the clock time right that's our yeah 7 p.m to 10 p.m sunday and monday nights yeah because you're when you're in the shop, you're shopping, you're doing shop stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But so wait, let me answer the question. Let, why don't you answer the question that, that we originally got? Is this leading to a distributor war? No, right? No, no, just the no. big landscape shakeups. It's just going to be, but it could be death by a thousand cuts, and and Diamond could say, you know what, this isn't worth my time. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad right. I told everyone to sit down for that one and grab a drink. <laughs> no kidding. Um, 
Uh, we're going to shoot, shoot over to CBSI's Hot 10. Um, is this something you want to do? Uh, you want me to do it? Um, why don't you go ahead and do this one and I'll just chime in. Okay. And you can go get a drink if you need to. Um, so, <laughs> I'll refill. <laughs> so coming in at number one, uh, this, this of course is a comic book invest.com. Um, check out their hot 10 each, each and every week. Um, we like uh, some of what they have to say, not all of it. Um, Darth, Darth Vader, black, white, and red. Number one, the second print, the Curry Andrews one in 25 version. Very, I believe Kyle was on this. He liked this one a lot, um, but I wouldn't let him uh, do a one in 25 as a choice. He might have done it anyway, just to spite me. Um, but yeah, this is uh, coming in at 100 to 150 bucks. So if you got the one in 20, 25, it's uh, it's quite nice. At rank two, we've got Amazing Spider-Man 78. Uh, old school. This is John Buscema, the late, great John Buscema, who just passed. Right? No, that was no, sorry, that was John Romita. John Romita. <laughs> John Buscema, long dead. Long yeah, dead. Yeah, he, he just passed a decade and a half or so ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe sorry. more. Sorry about that. Get my Johns confused. Um, but yeah, rest in peace, John Romita. Um, and John Buscema. And <laughs> you. He's just been resting now. longer. <laughs> Uh, a CGC 9.0 of Amazing Spider-Man 1978 sold for 725, an 8.0 sold for 400, and a 6.5 sold for 200. Prowler still selling well, so this is first first Prowler, amazing. At rank three, we have Duel Number One. Uh, this is a I can't read the publisher on it. My eyes don't work that well. Um, 30 plus raw uh cgc 9.8 went for 225 dollars um this there was some controversy about this some copies popped up on bliss on taps website uh these were damaged returns uh so someone got damaged returns and are now and are selling them um what's the deal there how can aren't they what does that mean (laughs) what does that even mean Aren't they supposed uh, to be? Aren't, there, aren't the covers supposed to be torn? Oh sure, sure. Just like all those covers that were supposed to be torn at the flea market. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, retailers aren't dumb. I mean, if if a book gets recalled and they publishers ask you to throw stuff away, sure, there's going to be retailers that brag that they did it, but most retailers are smart enough to know just hold them for a while. People are going to forget about it and then sell them. Uh, okay, so they don't make you send the covers back anymore. No, what's their biggest thing they're going to do? Charge us for the books? Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to say, I hate to be flippant like that, but... Hey, you, know, you ordered they're, them. They're your they, book. We ordered them, you shipped them to us. I, pff, yeah. They're my books, I paid for them, you know, kind of thing. So we, usually what happens in the case of stuff like that is um, there have been some instances with DC where... Uh, like a prestige cardstock or foil cover has had line wide damages. And what they will do is they'll say, send us back the, just the covers that you tear off. We've already started a print that will cover all of the the pre-ordered copies and you send us back those covers. We will send you the replacements free of charge with a freight credit for whatever the difference is, you will get the new books, but you will only get, you know, a credit and a freight credit for the covers you send back. 
Right. So if you want to keep the books whole, you're not going to get the new printing of books without calling and ordering them if they still have copies available. Um, you know, and you're not going to get them free freight or free cost. You're going to be stuck with the damaged ones. So for me, that's that's the way I like it to be. Like, let me make the decision if I want to. You know, mm-hmm. if, if it looks fine, if if my customers don't care, and six of them want them that Wednesday. And the A covers are out there, so it's not like there's a story that we're trying to hide here. Yeah. Let them have the the right to choose, and I'll send you back my covers in two weeks, and just refill what you know what the gap is. Like, so I like that. So what happens is, a lot of a lot of folks will just say like, well, you know, I'll just keep these and whatever. Like there was a saga issue that had a the ink was too dark, and right. so right. they said, Nobody yeah, cares. go ahead and destroy these or whatever. And we're like, just put them on the shelf. If people want them. They'll get them. And we had people say, like, hey, is this the one that was recalled because of the ink? And we were like, yep. And some people were like, sweet. And they went and grabbed three of them. And other people were like, oh, I'll just wait for the other ones to come in. Yeah. I don't care. Just yeah, buy your books and be happy. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I, I, I see it now. Yep. I rank four. We have Scarlet Witch, number three from uh, James Robinson's run. It's 15 to 20 bucks. Um, it's it's an AHA cover. And that one that's looks why. like it. Yep. Yeah, that's that's probably why it's selling because he's great. At rank five, we have Spider Punk number one, the Takashi Okazaki one in fifty variant. Cody Ziegler, Justin Mason, Rawls have dipped to eighty to ninety dollars, but are back up to one hundred and thirty this week because of that dang movie. Nine eight stayed fairly steady around two hundred thirty dollars, which doesn't fit um, the two and a half times standard for moderns, whatever that means. Okay. At rank six, we have Star Wars Empire number one, the Ryan Brown one in 100 virgin variant. Uh, this is uh, going for 125 to 150. An awful lot of these one-shot minis from Star Wars lately makes me think Marvel's milking this cow dry. No, they don't seem to be because they've been doing this for a long time <laughs> and it's still selling. So, um, yeah. At rank seven, we have the Miles Morales Spider-Man number one Italian blind pack. Okay, thirty-five to forty bucks. Um, advocating for this concept for years, whether it catches on in the states is yet to be seen, but this is a step in the right direction. Well, we we've, we've done some some blind packs with Walking Dead did a punch, right? Yep, yep. Um, we see them every once in a while, and they don't seem to do as well as I think they should do either. I think they should be much bigger than they are. They they never seem to take off. I guess people want to see a bird in the hand and not one in the bush, right? Yeah, but you think about the sports card market as I stare at a box full of hockey cards. Yeah. That's just a pack of magic beans, right? Yeah. Boy, I hope I get that young gun rookie card or whatever. And Oh, oh I got yeah. a young gun, and it's a guy that's never going to play. <laughs> yeah, people, people are going crazy over the uh, – some of the special one one out of one vinyl, you know, whatever foil yep. stuff, yep. and I'm like, ah, this reminds me of the good old days sports cards. <laughs> yeah. So they're yes, back. Sir. It's good to de- good to see. Um, at rank eight, we have Star Wars 35, the Phil Noto one in 25 variant. It's 35 to 40 bucks. Um, not sure why that's trickled up so much, but I guess it's not that high for a one in 25. 35 to 40. That's not that big of a deal. At rank nine, we have the sickness number one going for 10 to 15 bucks. This is Jenna Cha and Lonnie Nadler. 
Um, great cover for sure. It's a super small publisher. Uh, I don't know who even who the publisher is on this, um, but it's got a nice, uh, nice violent look to it. I like it. Uh, rank 10, we've got M House Art Book Fed Max Fed Harley Quinn Variant. Uh, Melinda Young and Fernando Cordera. This is M House is I guess the publisher imprint. Um, hundred dollars plus. This along with all the Pharaoh's Lounge Shikari variants have a huge following at the moment. It's cheesecake, man. That's why. Some of our honorable mentions are You've Been Cancelled, number one. The Advanced Reader Copy, uh, Kurt Pyers and Kevin Costanero, was less than five bucks. Now it's $10 plus. Um, so if it's a good comic and people can get an advanced uh, low print run, that's going to be something cool that they're, they're going to want to grab. Um, and in our old school, honorable mention is Tomb of Terror, from uh, number 16. A CG 5.0 sold for $3,400. Um, it would, uh, it, it's, a uh, got a green, uh, skeleton looking thing, choking somebody out on it with the damsel in distress in the robo watching in horror. Um, so just your standard tomb of terror. Pre-code Pre- horror. Pre-code horror, man. Can't, can't go wrong with that. It's an absolutely wonderful place to put your money. As you know, our LCS is Cowabunga Comics. Lake Country's Wisconsin's best pop culture destination for new comics, back issues, gaming, retro video games, vinyl, and figures. Give them a call, 262-569-9999. Check them out online at cowabungacomics.com or follow them on Twitter at Incredical. They are our LCS, and we utilize their deep discount mail order service to bring Oconomowoc, Wisconsin closer to us. They'll take care of you. Tell them Drew and Kyle sent you. Say hi to Eric and James from us. If you need an LCS, you can't go wrong with Cowabunga Comics. Hey, you know, when we were having that conversation about how uh, challenging it is, um, there's no box for uh, pull list customers to check, you know, if you want this cover or that cover, you're going to get to go A, B, or all variants, you know? Well, you know mm-hmm. how you can pick what exactly you want each and every week? It's with an FOC list from Cowabunga. And hey, how about that? We seem to actually have one of those where you can actually pick exactly and guarantee yourself a copy of exactly the one that you want. And oh, it, great transition, I'm telling oh, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're a pro. Eight hundred and what fifty two episodes in? Uh, thirty thirty-two, I believe. Eight thirty-two, yeah, yeah. You can tell. <laughs> treat the treat the guest host. Uh, <laughs> you wanna you wanna plug them early, plug them often. That's right. Um so you get this down to a science, man. Um you you add a little little wrinkles to it. Um you said last time you sent me one. It was uh, doing it like an auto tabulation on the top. I don't seem to see that right now. <laughs> yeah, nobody <laughs> cared. So I was like, uh, no, we'll just we'll not do that. So yeah, yeah. Well, you're experimenting, trying right. things, run them up the flagpole, see what happens. Correct. Um, um, 
how hard is this for you to put together? This code, you have to code it. You've got to pull all the diamond data in. Are you also pulling PRH data? And yep. uh, you got to pull them all. You got to pull them all together, massage them, and um, make it so that you have a clickable link that allows someone to look at the 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 cover or or click through to the the diamond site plus calculate the price that they're going to pay with their discount and give them as much information as they need to order it got to be a challenge to do this each and every week oh this this is the only thing that gets massaged more than wagyu beef (laughs) for sure um yeah no i it's all three distributors um you know just when you think you could write some code to programmatically do it they start throwing in more (laughs) more publishers and make things a little bit more difficult but uh it takes me anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half to to slam it together and along the way i use it as my pulse check to make sure that i know you know kind of what's what's out there what i need to be aware of what i need to be working on so yeah um this week was a little bit quicker than most because uh dc is um, off for the juneteenth holiday so they didn't have anything on the list which makes it a little bit quicker but yeah no it's exactly what you said pulling all three distributors um linking as best as i can lunar that's one thing that i don't like about lunar is they don't have standalone pages uh for their product info it's just a little pop-up and and i can't hot link to a, a you know a pop-up inside a page mm-hmm. so unfortunately we only get links to the covers but uh yeah and you can see where the breakdown is if you look at the the item codes the the ones that start with um digits and then go to it's like 0523AW those are the lunar base codes then the UPC or ISBN numbers are penguin random house and then we get the traditional previews world um you know three letter month code with the year and then the item number after it so that's kind of how they break down but yeah we get them all together and we check our prices and make sure that everything's good pull in the discounts from the monthly pre-orders fill in any gaps for new FOC books and put a stamp on its butt and kick it out the door and say, here yeah. you go. Here's the books for the week. And uh, let's see, Lunar still likes their uh, FOCs on the 18th. So you got to have that, the, those in by the 18th and then uh, you get to the 19th for everybody else. Correct. Yeah. Now if you're ordering through a store that is still using diamond for Marvel, IDW, Dark Horse, um, you're going to have to order, the 18th Sunday is when they have to put their FOC in for their books. So there's a 24 hour time difference on that. But for those that go through Penguin Random House directly, we have until Monday. Not a lot of time to th- mull it over, but you get a you get an opportunity. Um, as Kyle likes to say, to, to get another bite at the apple. Yeah, you didn't you didn't pull the trigger on this. But now you think you should. Bam. Now you right. Can. Right, and that's that's something that's kind of always been a little bit of a stick in the craw of people is um foc lists aren't finalized until noon on in the case of lunar noon on thursday yeah and diamond and penguin random house noon on friday so i can't i'm not going to spend the time to make a whole list on thursday just to remake diamond and prh on friday right exactly so yeah it, it is a short window but at least it's it's a window it is a window. It's an opportunity. And you know what? Uh, right here we have Ribbon Queen. Um, 
by AWA. And by the way, this is uh, Garth Ennis and Jason Burroughs. Thank you very much. Uh, mm-hmm. Missed this completely during pre-order cycle. Um, so, yeah, thank God for FOC because it's an Which AWA you know for book. three copies. We know we we know AWA is great. We know Garth Ennis is great. We know Jason Burroughs is great. Um, you put them all together, by golly, I bet this is going to be pretty good. So Yeah, we've got good solid orders for this one coming up even before we get to FOC. And you've got a um, you got a 1 in 15 Declan Shalvey black and white variant if you want to take a stab uh, out of reach on one of them. Um, otherwise, there are three or four covers there to choose from. Very nice. I'm just trying to see. We've got in Oni, we have a new Rick and Morty miniseries. These always tend to do well. There's a, a nice little pocket of Rick and Morty fans. Um, so that's always one that sticks out. This one is Rick and Morty Heart of Rickness. <laughs> and the A cover is a Temple of Doom because we've got the Indiana Jones anniversary coming up. Oh, okay. I like so, it. I like yeah. it. And for the um, the bronies out there, we've got My Little Pony in Camp, Big Hoof number one from IDW. Um, so you can you've got you got a choice of a one in ten, a one twenty five, and an A and a B. Have at it, have at it, bronies. Oh no, it looks like my link is acting up on me. Oh, I thought I fixed that. I did fix it. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and fix a couple of those later, but that's okay. Carry on. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Oh, good. I can buy a. Amazing Spider-Man 300 poster. Hang on my wall of shame. That'd be fantastic. You you probably need that. I probably I probably I need a constant reminder of one of the many 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 buyers remorse or sellers remorse. Uh, I was to say I sellers remorse. Life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did um how did the Spider Boy hype hap- work for you guys up there? It, it worked. It worked. There's no doubt about it. We had people were crazy for that. Yeah, absolutely. And you knew in advance, so you you were able to add plenty. We had good indication from our FOC orders that told us, hey, we might want to pop a couple more on here. Very cool. Seems like it's just the it's the gift that keeps on giving on the secondary market too. They just continue to sell. Yep. Uh, first Blade from Marvel. Tons of fun covers there. Last chance to make sure you've got one. Let's see here. Actually, Drew, I'm going to send you a fresh update of the sheet because it looks like some of these Marvel links are a little bit wonky. So I'm going to throw it over to you so you can pull it up. If you want to make sure that you've got all the covers you're looking at. I have a chip in my head where it just like, uh, I automatically beam in all comics and then <laughs> that's how I like to do it. Can you send me one of those, please? Um, we'll start with a spreadsheet and work up to the <laughs> In this case, I'm going to be Diamond, and I'm going to say, you just want a spreadsheet, and you know it. Uh, that's phase, phase seven. Right, and we're on phase 1.1. So. <laughs> Got a ways to go. Got a yeah. ways to go. Quit whining. Enjoy it. 
Uh, this Hawkeye Fraction AHA Omnibus. It looks beautiful. You know how much I love this one. I think I bought a run from you when I was up there at your old old shop. You did. You did. Love that run so much. We've got some second printings in here. We've had a couple of them sprinkled in so far. The Deadpool Batter Blood, number one, and then we got Loki, number one. So if I'd like a I'd like a 300 issues of Hawkeye by Fraction and Aha. Can we go if we're going to go back? I'd there like you to, go. Yeah. And have them come out on time. So Fraction. for all of the big fans of Sigil out there. There's okay. a Sigil Omnibus, and the only reason I point out is not a single issue, but this is a PSA. If you like Sigil in any form, I don't really see this being reprinted any time in the near future, so pony up and get it now. Isn't that true with a lot of these Omnibus, Omnibuy? That... No, they've, they've been pretty good at reprinting at okay. least the core titles. Like, okay. I think we're on the fourth or fifth printing of the Uncanny Omnis. Uh, a lot of the Avengers ones have been reprinted. The Spider-Mans, the Spider-Man 2099s have already had second printings for the first and second volumes. Um, they they came out with the reprintings of the Silver Surfer by Allred and Slot. They came out with reprintings of the regular first 18 issues of Silver Surfer. They came out with um, Black Panther reprints, the Infinity Gauntlet reprint. So they, there's been... All of a sudden, they've got the the printing press is running hot for Omnis, but Sigil is one I don't think is going to necessarily get a reprint anytime soon. Yeah, I don't even I didn't even know what this was. Interesting. So very, very cool. I like I like that they do the obscure stuff too. And they were doing some Warlord stuff and. Yep. We got. We've some- got- Star Wars Dark Droids, number one, yeah, coming out. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. And a Return of the Jedi Rebellion, also getting a first issue. I don't really understand the What If Dark deal. Why can't it just be What If? Why does it have to be Dark? Do they workshop this and... Dark is the new extreme, like they they need to say it, or why can't well, I mean, it just why can't, why can't it just be a what if title? Why does it have to say dark colon everything? I think I, my guess is because they've already used all new, all different. <laughs> just be glad it doesn't say what if all dark. So if it was if if it was just what if nobody would buy it, but because it's what if dark, ooh. It's darker. Ooh, that's more my speed. I better get it. <laughs> it's the intrigue. I guess. But we do have a Rose Besh cover on this, and she hasn't been on too many. Co- oh, it's actually a cool cover, too. Ooh, okay. Oh, for the, the Spider-Gwen one? Yeah. Yep. Oh, what else we got here? Frank Frazetta doing a little Mothman. I was thinking that was one of the actual uh, Frazetta children that were involved in this one. They're not involved in this one. Okay. 
Antarctica 1 from Image, Top Cow. I don't know who Simon Burks is. How do I know that person? Do I know that person from anything? It's not jumping out at me. Yeah, yeah, it's not jumping out to me either. Uh, Jeff Lemire doing yet another new launch with Fish Flies. He is, um, I don't know if all this stuff's coming from Substack or what, but he's been cranking out the product. And Hell We Fight gets a second print. Void Rivals gets a second print. Yep, that's yeah, that's a did, great cover. Did well for you? Oh yeah, <laughs> very very well. And we ordered big on it too. We just had a feeling. Solicit wasn't great. It was meant to be very cryptic. Yeah. Uh, Kirkman does like to reward the people that just blindly follow. Nothing wrong with that, I guess. Used to be me. (laughs) Yeah. Alice Never After. Traveling to Mars. Got to be getting close to the end. That's been fun, though. Animal Castle, been kind of sad, but I'm still reading it. Phaser Universe, I'm going to guess, is not for me. Yeah, that Why is not? not my kind of book. I don't, I don't like my superheroes like that. Action adventure dinosaurs, alien super science, androids. This one's got it all. Come on. Rooted in like I don't know an era gone by that I don't like anymore. To some old curmudgeon. Yeah, I have a thought because of that you'd like dinosaurs. Yeah, you would think, right? That I would be. Yeah, I'm not. Can't believe Rivers of London has yet another volume. Man, somebody's buying this stuff. From Titan, because they, this has got to be the fourth or fifth volume of the of Rivers of London by now. Mm-hmm. How are the Disney books doing for Dynamite? Hit or miss. Um, Hit or miss. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some people are on it for the story, and obviously we have people that are on them for covers as well. I know that Maleficent had a Campbell cover. Um. And so anytime there's those things, the the interest gets hyped up a bit. Um, but people like the the Trish Forstner covers, so like the Scar, the is this the B cover? Yeah, that's going to be a good seller, and it's just a great it's a great cover. So the bloom off the rose on the Red Room stuff. Yeah, that's, that's gone to. Very, very low numbers for us, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, he, str- he, he he milked it though. Mm-hmm. He, he, did, he did well. He did well. All right, yeah, it is a it is a lighter week. Um, anything there jump out at you that uh, you'd like to 
guarantee our listeners will be a good investment property? Boy, yeah, I think um, I know there's going to be a lot of orders for it, but I think the cover's solid, and I think it's going to be one that can last. So I'm going to go with the number one reprint for Void Rivals, but the, there's two of them. It's the A cover. The That's A the cover. One I'm going to go with. Yep. Void Rivals. Okay. I am going to go with the Ribbon Queen. From AWA, Garth Ennis, and Jason Burroughs, because it's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. And if I missed it, well, maybe maybe other people missed it as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a because I can never just pick one. So I'm gonna <laughs> no, my, you can't. No, you can't. My, my token once annual uh, flyer to say that the what if dark Spider Gwen one Rose Besh open to order cover. Okay. Could be another one, uh, just because in the past these what if covers don't get as big of orders. Yeah. And some shops might miss it. So if you're a Rose Bash, you call that fan, an mention? I, I think we could do that. Okay. Very nice. All right, let's slide on over to cover price. Uh, they do a top 20, basically. They give us the top 10 and then their then uh, bottom 10. Um, do you, would you like to take the top 10 or the bottom 10? Well, you ran through the hot 10, so why don't I do – should we do the bottom 10 first or are we doing the top 10 first? I'll we take go, whichever we one go, goes first. We go 1 through through 20, so you, you take the, the first one. All right. Drum roll. Number one, Spider-Man 2099, number one from 1992. Great book. Wonder why – <laughs> I think it must have something to do with the movies. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the across the Spider Verse movie fans are tracking her down. Um, it's got a seven day trend up 120 percent with a high sale of 300 bucks for CGC 9.8 and a raw selling around 18 bucks. And if you look at that, folks, if you can still get a sub 20 dollar piece of this in great shape. I mean, I don't. I'm not a CGC guy myself, but look at the look at the profit margin you got there, from 18 <laughs> to 300, and you got maybe what 40 bucks in your CGC process. Probably 40 bucks in about four months. Four bucks, yeah, 40 bucks in four months. <laughs> um, but there's still plenty of meat on the bone. Absolutely. So if you could, if you find 10 of them in the wild. Um, you should be CGC in them because uh, look at this. I mean, that is a high sale, so I don't know if that's if they're selling like that, like over and over and over again. But you can see there's a lot of profitability there if you don't mind dealing with CGC. You guys are great at it. You guys, you know, work with them all the time. You're you're always getting stuff slapped, so you don't have any problems, right? Correct. We we have our methods. Yeah. I will say what what lends these this particular book and books in this vein um, to be a little bit more long legged than some of the other books that chase movies has a lot to do with the fact that when it's an animated character, an animated movie, and you're not casting a human uh, to play the character, you can yeah. let that baby roll for years and years and years and years without having to worry about 
bringing in a different actor if someone's you know aging or they get contracted for other movies. So it does allow more long tail. Unless your voice actor dies. Eh, I think AI is going to be good enough that we can probably yeah. bake that in. Yeah. Maybe. Well, anyways, all right. On to number two, Star Wars 35, Phil Noto 1 and 25. We covered this one in our Hot yeah. 10. Um, shot, oh, this book is overshadowed by everything Spider-Man, but still has heat behind it. 44 copies sold, seven-day trend, up 123% with a high sale, 58 bones for a raw copy. And then we look at number three, Spider-Man number seven, Humberto Ramos, secret spoiler. Uh, this bugger <laughs> is out there. Spider-Boy um, is is good to go. He's got a seven-day trend of 97% with a high sale of 135 bucks for CGC 9.8 and a raw copy uh, fair market value of $38. And still 52 more moved. Still selling. Yep. Number four, X-Men Adventures number one from 1992. Oh, wow. Uh, the last time that we featured this book, we had a tentative release date of 2023. Received something more concrete with mid-2023, and that has spurred up a seven-day trend of 179% with a high sale for a 9.8 of 250 bucks and a raw fair market value of 15 Are we talking about a re-release of an animated series, X-Men? Is that what they're talking about? It's a continuation. Okay. So, yeah, kind of continuing and building onto it. All right. Um, popping into the number five slot, G.I. Joe and Transformers number one direct edition from 1986. Gee, wonder what that has something to do with. Might be a book called Void Rivals. <laughs> um, yep. So this uh, this book is is jumping up. 27 copies sold, seven day trend up, 177 percent with a high sale, 400 bucks for CGC 9.8 and a raw fair market value of six dollars so if you want to talk about one to go pick up in cgc six to four hundred that seems like a nice gap yeah that's that that's pretty cool so robert kirkman's just scratching his little nostalgia itch by buying the rights for stuff from his childhood that's pretty cool right yep um so that puts us at number six the amazing spider-man number 10 from 2014 and uh, this one, again, has to do with interest in all things Spider-Man right now. Um, this one is, what do we got here? This isn't about Isaac. But Just a second, Lua, equally how, yeah. how, how can there be a $400 CGC 9.8? That's got to be a pre-sale, right? No, no, this is not for Void Rivals. This is for G.I. Joe and the Transformers from 1986. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I got confused. That's okay. What were we talking about? Um, Spider-Man 2099, Amazing Spider-Man number 10, 2014. Um, da, 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 yeah. Why is a Spider-Punk. raw six bucks on that? <laughs> I, I can't. I can't get over this. I just can't get over the the raw is six dollars, but the CGC 98 is four hundred. Well, the the six dollars is for a fine fair market value. Oh, okay. The um, one I rolled up and stuck in my... yeah. Right, right. Okay. Right. All right, all right. I'm going to stop bugging you. Go ahead. Amazing Spider-Man number 10 from 2014. <laughs> he starts over again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, uh, so Spider-Punk. This is, this is all about Spider-Punk. 44 copies sold. 
seven-day trend, high sale of $291 for a 9.8, and the near mint fair market value of $57. Should I wait and watch both halves of the new animated Miles Morales back-to-back, or should I watch this one and then just wait for the other half to come out? Do you think? Because it's it's a part one, right? It's a part one, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, did you not watch Star Wars until? Oh, that's different. All three that's different. came out. Totally different. Totally different. Like mm-hmm. they made movies differently back then. Mm-hmm. Just watch it. Just watch it. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna watch. I'm just gonna watch it. Okay. It'll okay. be a D plus pretty soon. <laughs> All right. Number seven, Ultimate Fallout Four. If we need to describe what's going on in this book, you've been under a rock, in which case you can go back and just take a nap. Um, CGC 9.8s at 2000 bucks with a near mint fair market value of $516. Very specific. Absolutely. I'm surprised it wasn't in 44 cents. I bet you Kalabunga um, has had 10 of these. Uh, what's the timeline on that? 10 and how long? Of five years. I was at more than that. You've had more than that? Yeah. Damn you. <laughs> Damn you to hell. <laughs> um Spider Gwen, volume one, number one, twenty fifteen. Actually, that's right. You you but you might have had ten amazing fifteens. How many how many amazing fifteens have you amazing fantasy fifteens have you had? None. We've we've never had an AF fifteen. I thought you have. I thought for no, sure. No, we've had. had we've had double digits of Amazing Spider-Man one. Okay, okay, that was yeah. it. That was it. That one. That one for some reason comes in a lot, but AF15 has not, not popped in fantasy. yet. Okay, yeah. okay. Still, still pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so number eight, Spider Gwen, number one from 2015. Obviously, into the Spider Verse, across the Spider Verse. Yeah. He's a popular lady. 29 copies sold. Seven-day trend, 106%. High sale of 134 for a CGC 9.8. And a raw, very fine fair market value at $19. Yeah. Next up, uh, the Spectacular Spider-Man number 98 from 1985. Again, still rocking a little bit of this Into the Spider-Verse uh, wave, shall we say. 23 copies sold. Seven-day trend, 126% with a high sale of $270 for a CGC 9.8. And a current raw, very fine for market value of $31. And rounding out the top 10, the spectacular Spider-Man 99 from 1985. Yet again, across the Spider-Verse. Um, this one is really based around the spot, um, who's the villain. Uh, track 26 copies sold, 7-day trend, 104% with a high sale of $231 for 9.8. And a raw, very fine for market value of 23 bucks always like the spot uh rank 11 we have amazing spider-man 293 uh from 1987 this is a craven deal and this book is part two of craven's uh last hunt storyline uh 11 copies of this sold high sale of 165 for a cgc 98 near mints Near Mint Raw is around $28. Uh, from rank 12, we have Edge of Spider-Verse, number 5 from 2014. 
um, you will notice that the original Spider-Verse team was absent. So no Peter Parker and Gwen, no Penny Parker um, uh, until the end, I guess, until the end. So um, this uh, there's some more spoilers in here. I'll, I'll leave those alone for you and we'll spoil them if you want to skip them. So we sold 20 copies of this bad boy because of that. High sale of 139.97 for a CGC 9.8. At rank 13, we have Spider Punk um, number one from just last year. And uh, people love this guy. I uh, love this character. So 58 copies of this moved with a high sale of 86 bucks for a CGC 9.8. Raw's um, selling for, at, for 10 bucks. So I think there's still probably maybe there's room room to grow there. If uh, people love him that much. Uh, rank 14, we have Secret Wars number seven from 1984. Um, Sydney Sweeney still making uh, rumor mill uh, movement on the, the secondary market. Um, she's going to be playing Spider-Woman, the second Spider-Woman, Julia Carpenter. Um, and 21 copies of this sold with a high sale of $275 for a CGC 9.8. And uh, Raw near mint around 24 bucks. At rank 15, we have Amazing Spider-Man 365, which is the first uh, Spidey 2099. Um, don't tell me that it's not because it's just a preview ad. It is the first appearance, so it is. It is. <laughs> um, and high sale of 305 for a CGC 9.8 and Raw's around 20 bucks. The reason I say it is is because I got a stack of them. Um, well, rank 16, we have Spider Woman number one from 1978. This is Jessica Drew Spider Woman. Uh, 31 copies of this sold with a high sale of 280 bucks for a CGC 9.8. Raw's around 36 bucks. And at rank 17, we have the Punisher number one from 1987. Um, Punisher's first appearance is a little pricey for most folks. Um, so this one has been getting some traction and sold 15 copies with a high sale of 389 for the CGC 9.8. Raw's around 22 bucks. Uh, at rank 18, we have World Tree number one, the Peach Momoko. Thank you, second print version one per store. Um, so thank you variant sent to retailers. So you got one of these, uh, Eric, I'm guessing. We were thanked appropriately. There you go. Uh, 26 copies sold, probably one of Eric's, uh, with a high sale of 99 bucks for a near mint plus raw and, um, current raw selling around 80 bucks. That's pretty good. And current nine eights, uh, there's one listed for 400 bucks. Dang. That was a quick turnaround. How do I don't know how they do, how do they do that? They just walk it over to the store. They they live in Florida and they just take um, it over they, there. If they pay for the express. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Omega Man number three. That's first Lobo, folks. Uh, comes in at rank nineteen. For, that's from nineteen eighty three. Possibly Jason Momoa as Lobo. That'll be kind of weird, I think. Uh, high sale of 375 for a CGC 9.8. Rawls around 96, although he looks pretty spot on. Uh, at rank 20, we have Ultimate Fallout 4, the Sarah Pacelli second print 
still selling 20 copies, high sale of 200 bucks for CGC 9.8, and Raw's around 55 bucks. All right. Now it's time for us to slide over to the sneak peek at next week. We're going to start in Lunar with items that are coming out on the 20th of June. All right. All right. Uh, Some great. Your your DC sales are not anywhere close to what your Marvel sales are, correct? No, nowhere close. No. Uh, is DC your second sell- best-selling publisher? On average, yes. But week it's to close. week, not always. Okay. Okay. Marvel, obviously, number one. Um, and then you sell a lot of uh, Boom, a lot of Valiant there? Not a lot of Boom. Um, Valiant doesn't put out much. Um, it's it's really more around image, uh, the spawn, image. the spawn verse, yeah, um, doing well. as well as things like you know like World Tree, yeah, has been good. Void Rivals was fantastic, so it's it's those books. Saga now that it's coming back out again remains a solid seller. Um, Just sometimes so, image outsells DC. Yeah, yeah. Ah. If there's not a, a main bat title or the main Superman title, um. More often than not, DC's been having very small weeks, and that's that's kind of been hurting them. Okay. Well, I know I knew at some point at one point, um, they they your your readers, you know, your customers weren't weren't reading a lot. But I'm just I'm glad I'm glad some of them are coming back to DC. Um, yeah, still pretty pretty small. Pretty small, yeah. Yeah, you're a Marvel shop. We are. I mean, we never set out to be, but that's where the orders are, and that's where the interest is. So yeah, that's where we stock the books. Oh, I don't know why you wouldn't want this cover D of Batman Superman World's Finest, the swimsuit cardstock by Babs Tar. My goodness, look at all those abs. Can't even count them. <laughs> Generation some, Joker, enjoying that. Love the kind of almost throwback feel of the David Nakayama A cover for Catwoman 56. Oh, yeah. That does look a little throwback, yeah. Nice and clean and good colors. Yeah, he's um he's really good. He is. He's been hitting a lot of good, good covers. He's been getting a lot more work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hadn't seen much of his stuff for a while he was not doing a lot and any but lately he's 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 been getting some work which is nice to see sweeney boo doing well look her covers i'm not sure about the dotsons i don't know if i love their stuff i think it's for me it's character specific it kind of hit or miss um, yeah you know, very much like uh, like the All Reds, very consistent color schemes and mm-hmm. you know, clean, I clean lines. I like the clean lines that, that they gotcha. have. So I think it's just character dependent for me. This one's not one of the better ones 
that I've seen, but it's not bad by any stretch either. Right. I'm curious how this Nightwing 105 POV uh, issue turns out. I hope it's not. I mean, it's going to be gimmicky. But I hope it's not. I, I hope I'm not miserable reading it. It has the opportunity to be good. <laughs> I I don't think so. I think it's gonna. You're gonna be like, eh. It's gonna be, all, when, be when you a get disappointment. It, yeah, when you get one of those all silent issues, and you're like, eh, eh it's okay. Nah, eh. the GI Joe silent issue is fantastic. Okay, what year is from what a year long is this? time ago? <laughs> what year are we talking? But I'm just saying, it's been done. It's, it's been, been done, done very good. well. I get it, but. Now when they do it, you're like, hmm, okay. I just Can we read, not? <laughs> I read this in three minutes. I could, I, I, I have to read it again. Like the Superman 5 Lieber Mayho cover G, he's been doing I, fantastic covers lately. I know, and it was so nice that they collected his covers mm-hmm. in, a, in a comic. I thought that was great. His, his stuff had been so good. Um, I love I love the look of his work. It's just really great, and I, I'm surprised there aren't more people chasing his stuff. I just love the look at all of them, look of all of them. But yeah. I mean, there's there's some great stuff, some great covers coming out of DC. Titans. I hope that's good. I haven't got a chance to read it yet. I hope it's a good book. Wonder Woman hits 800. Congrats to you. Probably she looks good for 800. Looks good for 800, yeah. Especially in that Michael Allred swimsuit. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good cover. I like that. The big one for us, uh, pre-order wise, was the cover K Daniel Semper Trinity cardstock variant. That one had a lot of pre-orders. Why? I think people just like the cover. Who is that? Daniel Sampier. I mean, is that actually Wonder Woman on the cover? Like, it doesn't even look like her. He's got the golden lasso. Yeah. Can't right. be her. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so Sampier has a following. I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, if it's a following so much as that particular that. cover caught a lot of people's eye and. Being an anniversary issue, that's the one they're pinning their hopes on. Amazing. I would have never guessed. Very cool. Let's slide over to Image. Take a look at what they've got going on. Um, Bone Orchard coming back for a new volume. Wouldn't have guessed that. It's kind of cool. See, we got Dead Romans issue four. Or the I Hate Fairyland. That's that's a good seller at all times. Really? Nice. Indigo Children gets a third print. Nice to see. So you're telling me the Spawn verse does well up in Wisconsin. Yeah. Saga, Spawn, Radiant sure. Black. Um, those are all really strong books for us still. Speaking of saga, there's 65. And sales of suspense. This is that must. This got to be that scissor G imprint, right? 
Yes, the yeah, whatever it is. Synergy. 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 So dumb. Just trying to get fancy with the letters. Yeah, you and your world tree. Yeah. Got some time before time. That that one hasn't um, been like a blow it off the shelf book, but it has been a very consistent seller for us. We have. Oh yeah gained or lost it's just been a nice steady eddie i thought it was done um after its first volume i can't believe it's on 24 so that's cool that it continues to sell look at some marvel stuff we've got uh oh that new avengers team yeah i'm looking forward to checking that out oh i think i read it actually i did read it yeah got the team together that was kind of cool it was done well. That was McKay, right? Yes. That Cult of Carnage Misery, issue two. Great Philip Tan cover. So you got a lot of X people up there, a lot of the X family of books selling? Um, hit or miss. You know, honestly, with the Hickman relaunch, it started off pretty strong and then it it really quickly kind of siloed off into a couple of titles that people were into and the rest weren't. And that's kind of carried on as the titles have slowly relaunched and um, kind of reemerged. We've got kind of pillars of interest and then some that don't get much. Mm. We got a Hulk relaunch with Philip Kennedy Johnson taking over. I'll be curious to see what he does with the title. Um, didn't love the last. Who was was it? Danny Donny Cates that did the last version. I wasn't a big fan of that one. Yeah, our sales were were definitely down from the previous Ewing. volume. Yeah, yeah the volume was very strong. Yeah. Got some good covers on this Hulk though. We've got a George Perez. We've got the Patrick Gleason. And, of course, of, the Scotty Young. Where are they digging up all these George Perez covers? Um, I'm not sure if some of these were pieces from other books that they've already had. It's like a stack of commissions they found or something? I don't know. I don't know, and I don't care. I love George Perez. Yeah, art. keep them coming, right? Right. At some point, they'll run out. But we'll take them as long as we can. Right. When they run out, they'll become black and whites. <laughs> yes, we do them again. There you go. Scarlet Witch gets an annual with a George Perez. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian. Um, we're gonna re. I guess we're gonna redo the second season. Yep, that's the way it looks. Okay, so we're gonna catch up then. We'll catch up. And then will we start telling original stuff? Or will it stop? We'll see. We'll probably just stop. Well, we do have an Ultimate Invasion number one. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about this one. And I got to see these live and in color today because our PRH order arrived. And that Brian Hitch foil variant. Oh, yeah? That's some shiny, nice-looking stuff. Is it? Yeah. It looks, it looks pretty good. The colors just pop on that foil. Yeah. It looks nice. 
And I'm I'm actually going to check out this book. I think it'll be kind of cool. I'm all about the events now. Uh, Dynamite just has a ton of Disney stuff. And uh, this Victory, number one, this is a new new IP for them, looks like. This is a Vampirella character getting their own title? Maybe? Yes. She's been in, I think this is the one that was in Sacred Six, maybe? Okay. All right. It's hard to keep track with all of them. And then on our smaller back half, well, it used to be smaller back half. Now it's everybody who's pissed off Diamond. So we've got Dark Horse <laughs> down there and <laughs> everybody else. Image will end up being down here in a little bit. Or is it everyone that Diamond pissed off? That's probably closer. Those publishers <laughs> didn't leave because they were having a good time there. Right. What we got? Yeah, a lot of collected editions. Yeah, boy, you're into manga. This is your week. It is a it is slim pickings, man. Uh, Joseph 1957 from CEX Publishing. Okay. So this is, for those of you that like, you know, monkeys and gorillas on your covers, this is where you got to be. Because <laughs> this is the story of Joseph, the first gorilla in space. Born on Joseph Stalin's birthday and subjected to terrible genetic experiments, Joseph soon grew far too powerful. All right. So this is the Russians sending a gorilla up into outer space. Very nice. Okay, curious how many copies of that I have coming in. Now we got this Bliss on Tap uh, imprint publisher doing Killing, Killing Hope, a six-issue series about a young Native American woman fleeing her reservation. Very small. Could be a low print run. Definitely going to be a low print run. Bliss on Tap is not a heavily carried title. Punchline and Vaude Villains must have caught on because it went to a second print for its first issue. Its second issue is out as well. It does like an interesting cover. Yeah, I do like that second printing. It's a great cover. Mm-hmm. Kind of the old circus art styling. Very cool. For sure. Yeah, right project number one from American Mythology. You're continuing to 
throw out their superhero books, which I know they're not in your taste. That's okay. okay. Something for everyone. That's right. This is kind of uh, not a single issue, but there is a hardcover from Hero Tomorrow Comics coming out called Tap Dance Killer. Um, Oh, yeah. I picked up the single issues of this and I enjoyed it. So it's uh, it's kind of a fun one. And this is that this is yeah that's that original volume just collected right? Yep. Yeah, that was that was a good one. All right. Well, is there is there enough to choose from? I think there is. Got some good options. There's, there's got to be. Yeah. What do you think? This your sneak peek at next week pick of the week. Mm, boy, I am torn. Okay. I'm torn. Um I have seven honorable mentions and <laughs> <laughs> a gold, silver, and bronze winner. Yeah. All right. I will go with I'm gonna go with the orders and say the Wonder Woman eight hundred okay. um, Semper variant uh, the, that you have inside information i'm going to use all of the tools made available to me very nice very nice but i do have an honorable mention okay but i'll let you do your pick first uh, man. i was thinking about a hulk but i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna go small publisher i'm gonna go this bliss on tap i've never picked a bliss on tap book before so I'm going to go with Killing Hope number one from Bliss on Tap. Cool. What's your uh, what's your backup? What was your honorable I, mention? I got to go with the, the mix of small publisher and a gorilla on the cover. So <laughs> okay. I got to go with Joseph 1957 number one as as an honorable mention. Very nice. Very nice because you can't go wrong there. No, and in fact, I looked and I did not have very many orders for it. So while we've been talking, I actually went and did an advanced reorder and added a couple of copies. That's how (laughs) much I think that one has a chance. (laughs) Because if it's it's a it's a trend for a reason, right? Because monkeys monkeys on the cover sells books, so that must legitimately be true. It must legitimately be true. It's worked for 60 years. I don't know why it would change now. I think people would outgrow monkeys, but okay. I guess not. (laughs) Yeah, there's something about it. Eric, I appreciate it when you fill in when Kyle's on walkabout or uh, witness protection or on the lamb from the law, whatever it is (laughs) that he's up to. We we appreciate you popping in and giving us some of your valuable, valuable time. I know how busy you are. uh, we we love your shop. Um, what else do the listeners need to know about you and your shop, or or anything that they can get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, so I guess just keep an eye on. You know, we'll probably have a little bit of an announcement on our Facebook page, but we won't go too loud with the uh, the launch of the website because that's yeah. um, you know separate audience. So uh, deepdiscountcomics.com is what the URL is going to be when everything is live, but we've got a Twitter account and a Facebook page for deep discount comics that have been created. <coughs> Excuse me. They're not very active, 
um, but they will be shortly. So you can certainly, you know, follow us there. Questions for me directly, you can shoot them to Eric at CowabungaComics.com. Cowabunga is spelled with a K. And, um, you know, otherwise, you can always hit up Drew and he can forward things to me. He's done that in the past. You've been really great about that. I appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing is just keep an eye out for the next week or so uh, for the launch of the site and see what's out there. Um, but otherwise, I think we did our job tonight, Drew. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of a running joke that we we always double up the length of the episode. So we yes. made sure everyone got their full just desserts. It's a two hour episode, so it should be good. Was fantastic. And so to you, the listener, we want to thank you and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Who doesn't love coming home to a new package on their doorstep? Today I got to come home to this awesome Comics for Fun and Profit shirt on mine, and you can too. If you go to comicsfunprofit.threadless.com, you can check out their cool merch and get a shirt just like me. That was comicsfunprofit.threadless.com. Join the club. It's where all the cool kids are.